This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. They say that a photo is worth a thousand words, but our special guest today is going to prove that walls filled with stunning dog photography and art can help heal and inspire us two-leggers. And wait for it. He has the dog-umented proof for this. Yes, I did say dog-umented. Not my word, his word. Please give pause and applause to the founder of Global Dog Art Gallery, who also runs a nonprofit called Canine Photo. I'm talking about the remarkable Michael Huck. Welcome to the show, Michael. Arden, thank you so much, and thank you for having me on the show. I'm really excited. All right. Well, get ready, Pet Pals, because Michael has quite a story to unleash, and he also has a pretty lofty goal. He's on a mission. You ready for this? To save one million dogs by the year 2030. But we got to take a break first, so sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here from the Old Behave Show, talking to you about a great company called Natural Farm. They make all natural dog chews and bones. Yum yum for the dogs. They are single ingredients. They're very nice to the environment and they support a lot of animal welfare groups. Check them out for your dogs. They're bully sticks, gullet sticks, collagen sticks, and peanut butter, chicken, and other flavors. You get to choose what chew for your dog. Go to naturalfarmpet.com. Pause up. Use promo code BEHAVE15 for 15% off store-wide. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Michael Puck. He has delivered TEDx talks demonstrating how photos, not the real thing, but photos of dogs can have a therapeutic impact on people in hospitals, on people in corporate cubicles all across America. He is the founder of the Global Dog Art Gallery, and he is also giving back with his nonprofit called Canine Photo. Michael Puck, it's time to dig in. I mean, there's a word, a phrase you said. I've been doing a little homework on you. You say that dogs have a superpower. You call it the social catalyst effect. What does that mean? 
Yeah. We're starting with the hard stuff, right? the science. Yeah, yeah, what the heck. <laughs> yeah, so the social catalyst effect is something that was studied and it was found that having a dog present increases our likelihood of connecting with strangers by a factor of, and now hold on to it, 21. It's a 2,100% increase. Now that's for a dog in person. That's what the study was all about. But my work okay. and my research have found that images of dogs have actually a very similar impact on people and can also connect. And Arden, there was actually one aspect that you didn't mention. Um, it is also super helpful in business environments. Think about yes. lawyers. Well, I said corporate cubicles, but yeah, yeah I yeah, get you. Yeah. Yeah. So I expanded just a little further. So the architects out there, the advisors, the lawyers, the financial advisors, because What's most important for those type of professions, they need to build rapport with their clientele. They say the art of the deal. I think you have the dog of the deal. I think artwork, there you go, you can use that. I think the dog of the deal is landing business deals and improving morale, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it does. And I was sitting with my financial advisor not too long ago, and she didn't know what I was doing on the site. And so I asked her, so what's most important in your business, in your line of business as providing financial advice? There was no hesitation. She immediately said, building trusting relationships. Guess what? There is research out there that supports that dogs build trusting relationships with people. So the dogs are the social connector between human beings. And they have played that role for over 12,000 years. And that's the reason why it is fully ingrained and automated in us. We don't have to think about it any longer. Uh, our brain basically fires out a command that says something along the lines of friend, trust, loyalty, every time we see a dog. And it doesn't matter if it's on TV or print. They do that too. You see a dog picture, you go, ah, right? Yeah. Well, right. I think you've got something here, Michael. If I'm walking in to get a root canal and in the dentist chair, I look right across from me and it's a picture of a tooth, the good and the bad, which would, it would like give me a lot of stress. So help me walk through it. If I'm getting that root canal and I'm looking across and I see a smiling corgi or a goofy looking pug, What's happening to me in that dental chair? Yeah, there are actually a couple of things that are happening. So first of all, you're being distracted because you're looking at something that has nothing to do with what you're getting ready to do. Um, right. So that's, that's one aspect of it. The more profound aspect might actually be the chemistry that's happening in your brain because you're releasing dopamine looking at the photo of the dog. You're also releasing oxytocin. And so these two, and there actually, there's more chemistry happening, but let me just pick on these two right now. The release of oxytocin by up to 300% and the dopamine will wow. help to feel less stressed. Don't they call the oxytocin the cuddle hormone? I think Correct. it's been called that, right? Yeah. It's called a number of different things, the social bonding hormone, the love hormone, the cuddle hormone. So yeah, it is a powerful hormone because it helps us to de-stress. And in medical settings, that is critically important because if we're stressed, we cannot heal. Or if healing is occurring, it's occurring at a much lower rate or slower rate. But for, for your particular example, the dentist office is a distraction. It is a reduction in stress. And then there's a third one also backed by research 
that oh. Photoshop dogs can actually lower pain sensitivity. Wow. I like that. We want to tell your story, Michael, because I think part of this happened, inspired you when you were a child. You had some yes. issue that made you be isolated for treatments. Can you talk about that? I'm happy to. And it took me it took me decades to be able to talk about it because it was so difficult initially to share this. But when I was four years old, I burned both of my legs in a freak accident. I was oh, at home. Wow. I was playing in the backyard, got all dirty. I had I was actually picking strawberries under my mother's supervision. So I had all these gray fine dirt together with the strawberry juice sticking everywhere. So my mother just looking at me said, Michael, what did you do? And that was in, meaning she said that in German because that was in Germany. <laughs> what city in Germany? Where were you from? And that was a little town called Baden, which uh, it's close to Bremen and Hamburg. So those are the two yeah. largest well, I've cities. I've been to Giebelstadt and I've been to Frankfurt, but I, I haven't been to your town. Yeah. And quite okay. honestly, the northern part of Germany is not that exciting. I apologize if I have any other Germans listening in. It's more like Frankfurt and South is where you probably want to go. Okay. All but, right. So I made a huge mess out of myself. I was directed to go inside and clean up. I decided looking at myself, since it was really sticky everywhere, that I had to jump into the shower. Jumping was relative. I was four years old. I had to climb into the shower. I was right. holding on to, well, I was trying to hold on to something because I started slipping into the shower and accidentally moved the lever controlling the water flow to oh. boiling. Oh, no. Back in the day, that was 1970, we had boilers with boiling water sitting right above the shower, it, but the bathtub that it was. And so I was trying to hold on to the lever. I pulled the thing to boiling. I slipped into the bathtub. I was laying there, hit by the boiling water, paralyzed oh my. from pain. And so I was just screaming at the top of my lung. Luckily, we had a small apartment. My mother heard me, came running. But still, it took long enough to get three, uh, third degree burns. Oh, my gosh. And you're only four years old. I was oh my four gosh. years old. Quite honestly, I don't remember the pain. I don't remember really the downside of that. What I do remember is another aspect. I was driven to the hospital. It took about an hour to get me into the hospital. And then <clears throat> I woke up in isolation care. I had open wounds from hip to toe on both legs. And I was not allowed to receive any visitors. Not that anybody told me that, but I learned about that after the fact. I was not allowed to see any visitors, including my parents. I was in isolation care for 10 days, oh. thinking that my parents had abandoned me. You have a four-year-old mind, I understand. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So my scars healed over time. Nowadays, you can't see anything, meaning I'm 57, so I had plenty of time to improve. But I had decades of mental health issues because I isolated. I didn't trust anyone. I always needed to be in control. And so there were all these variables that really made me withdraw from society, from interaction. I didn't even trust my parents. And that changed gradually when our family got our first dog when I was 12 years old. And what was the name of your dog? What was your dog's name? Ova. Ova. Okay. Cool. What kind of dog? She was a, a lap husky mix. And okay. we spent an incredible 14 years together. And so what I wasn't able to do with other human beings, I was able to do with her. I connected with her so deeply. It was scary 
because we just needed to look at each other and we knew what we were thinking. You could finish each other's sentences, right? Basically, basically. And we were out in the woods and walking along the rivers in, in Lower Saxony every afternoon. I spent hours with her. And so she was a very, very social. And she ran up to every stranger that crossed our path. And so she was the one who reintroduced me to the world around wow. me. And I benefited so greatly. Arden, I would say if it would not have been for her, I'm not sure what would have happened with my mental health. And quite honestly, I'm not sure what would have happened with my life in general. Well, it takes a dog named Cora to really make an imprint. I mean, I'm looking at a, I'm thinking of a lab husky. I had a husky golden retriever and they got, you know, they have a lot of shedding, <laughs> but yeah. they have a big heart and they're a little fun too, aren't they? No, she the was husky a, has a sense of humor. She was a social butterfly. She was just running up to everyone. She was curious and she was basically pulling me behind her the whole time. And I was reluctantly engaging with other people. But um, yeah, she made all the difference. And so that. that bond led to a love of dogs and a love of animals in general. And ever since, I've been trying to give back and, and find ways beyond my time and financial resources to help animals. And I've been struggling with that for decades to find something that really makes a bigger impact than just the time I have or the money I have. I like that. Hey, everyone, we're speaking with Michael Puck. I want you after the show to go to globaldogart.com and check out his nonprofit, caninephoto.org. It's the letter K, the number nine. And we're going to find out about photos of dogs and how even the mere looking at a photo can make us feel better. But we got to take this break. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Hi, this is Amy Schumer. You're listening to Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio, where they keep it real and make everyone feel like they're pets. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have a very amazing man on our show today, and he's telling the story about how dogs basically saved him. I can't even imagine being burned on my legs from toes to hips. And back then, I think they were well-meaning. They were isolating you so you could heal. But you had a four-year-old mind, and there's a lot of imprinting going on. So let's fast forward. The dude's 57 now. He's pretty successful. He's given a TEDx talk. So there's been a lot 
about the healing power of pets and they're in-person pets, but you're taking it a step more and you're looking at an image, as you had mentioned, can help distract in stressful situations, reduce stress, pump up the oxytocin and other things. So tell us about this this global dog art gallery you have. Yeah. Yeah. And so as, as I mentioned earlier, I was trying to really scale up the impact I can have on animals because I was donating, I was volunteering, I was doing all kinds of things, dropping food off at the shelter, but I've never felt really that I was doing enough. And then about 10 years ago, I picked up photography as a hobby and it took just really? a little bit of time to then starting pictures, taking pictures of dogs, my own initially. Then I went to the shelters and I took pictures of shelter dogs. And now I could help where I previously might've walked three or four dogs in an hour. Now I could take pictures of 15 and 20 dogs within an hour. So I already increased the impact by putting those pictures out on social media to find those dogs' homes. I'm assuming when you did take these photos of these shelter dogs, they're not just standing behind bars. No, I'm sure you no, were no. trying to do something <laughs> to show people this could be your dog in your home, right? I had I had a whole group of volunteers rotating dogs around, getting them in a grassy area with woods nice. in the background and really making it really nice. And I spent probably five or 10 minutes with each dog and some were more difficult than others. Some dogs were more in the air and jumping around than they were standing <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> yeah. But the feedback I received. That's their spirit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the feedback I received, I had 10, 15, 20,000 likes on Facebook post. And that made me mm -hmm. think, why are people responding so actively and so positively to photos of dogs? Now, people saw the pictures, lots of people saw the pictures. And then I got a request, can you take pictures of my dog? I said, sure. Do you pay me for it? Because if you do, I will do it. <laughs> I got to put kibble on my plate. Yeah. <laughs> so I started, I started taking pictures of dogs owned by private individuals. I charged them professional rates and used the money to pay for the veterinary care of shelter dogs. So it was still oh, a close nice, loop nice. where the money, 100% of the money went back to the dogs. The demand grew so much that, and I had a full-time job at the time that I said, okay. What were you doing at the time when you were starting into photography? That's interesting you're asking that because that's, that was actually a critical uh, aspect of what came next. So I'm a business, I improve businesses uh, as far as processes and, and functions are concerned. I'm also an economist by training and I've worked in human resources for quite a bit. So I basically look at what can be improved and what's the positive impact people can get out of that. So going to the dogs with a camera is a good strategy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so now taking pictures of dogs owned by private individuals, some of my work ended up on the walls of businesses because these people own businesses. One nice. case in particular, a lady who owns and operates the private side of our local airport. And after I hung the pictures on her wall space, she probably emailed me, I would say three weeks straight every single day, telling me about the responses she had received from customers and clients walking through the lobby at the airport. And she says, you wouldn't believe people I have never talked to, I've seen for 10 years, but they've never stopped to talk to me. 
stopped the my office, wanted to know about the pictures and this and that. And I felt not absolutely flattered. Wow. That's amazing. In my work, meaning I'm a decent photographer, but I'm not that good. <laughs> oh, so, I think you're good. Well, what airport are you speaking? It's the Tri-Cities Airport in Northeast Tennessee. It's a small okay. regional airport and there's a commercial side to it and there's a private side to it. And so some of my pictures hang on the private side of the airport. I've seen some of your work because I want people to go to to the globaldogart.com site. Your backgrounds, you really pick amazing backgrounds that make the dog pop, if you will, or show different uh, different features. And, you know, there's like over 200 dog breeds. So you're, you're working with a, a wide palette. That, that has to be challenging. Well, and, and so let me distinguish. What you find on the Global Dog Guard Gallery is mostly not my work. So oh. if you don't mind, let me talk about how I scaled sure, sure. the dog photography, because that's where Global Dog Guard Gallery comes in. So caninephoto.org, that's my photography. The Global okay. Dog Art Gallery is where I have partnered with about 30 internationally celebrated dog photographers. I've reached out to them to say, hey, I've noticed that dog photos and business settings have a really positive impact on the people and on the business. I like to go ahead and offer a wide variety of dog photography to businesses that rely on one-on-one -on -one client, customer, or patient relationships. Because in those areas, it's most important. Would you be willing to contribute some of your best work to that purpose? And the Global Dog Art Gallery is part of Canine Photos. So 100% of the proceeds from what's being sold is actually supporting the nonprofit and then is going back to animals. So I have currently, it's about 200. I have many more that I'm ready to upload because there is a lot of interest on the side of the photographers to participate. And I'm very picky. I allow only photographers that have exceptional work to contribute their photography. But you basically have a, have a highly curated selection of dog art that's specifically curated for the purpose of triggering these positive aspects in people. And that is what you can find on the Global Dog Art Gallery alongside with some of the uh, environments on, you know, the different business and, and medical environments, yeah. what it would look like to hang the photos. I got to say, if I had to go to an art gallery and I had a choice, no offense to Mona Lisa, I've seen her before. I think people would be more animated, more engaged seeing this dog gallery artwork than maybe a blurry Monet. Sorry, I'm probably going to get in trouble by saying that, but I personally right. would rather go to your gallery. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And our joint evolutionary journey with dogs triggers these automatic uh, mental responses where we basically have an involuntary response, a positive involuntary response that gives us all these benefits of feeling better. There's research coming out of the University of Maryland that suggests if you look at photos of dogs, can be on a computer screen, can be on the wall, just for five minutes, your perceived well-being increases by 16.5%. Wow. There's your dog-umented evidence, right? Yeah. Well, that's part of it. There is so much research meaning i had to pull the pieces together there's not one masterpiece of research that says having pictures of dog hanging in the following environments does x y and z so i had to put all the different research pieces together i hired phd researchers to do the work for me because it was so much information to pull together my gosh from a kid from germany 
you are creating a whole new area of study. There's going to be probably down the road, some university is going to give a master's or doctorate degree in dog imagery and the impact on our health. Look what you just did. I appreciate your vision. I hadn't really thought that broadly about well, it. Well, there you go. I'm just throwing it. I'm throwing you a bone. Come on, Michael. Yeah, I'm thinking broadly. You alluded to it earlier. So let me just say it. My goal by 2030 is to save 1 million dogs. And that is, again, by selling dog wall art to businesses yes. and medical settings and then using 100% of the proceeds in order to support animal causes. And uh, there are a couple of different arms where that goes in order to have very specific impact and driving down the shelter population. So dive in a little deeper. So people are tuning in right now, Michael. How can they help you help a million dogs? Yes. Again, that wasn't all that easy to figure out initially, but the Global Dog Art Gallery has actually an affiliate program. And so okay. if you're a dog lover... Uh, and you know businesses or medical settings or just a place where you think dog wall art could make a difference, you can go to the Global Dog Art Gallery, see what's out there. There is a means of getting in contact with me. I can set you up as an affiliate. And as an affiliate, you can earn 30% of the revenue generated by selling dog wall art. Okay. And if Meaning if you're a big dog lover, you're welcome to donate that money, but it's otherwise for you to keep. And so there's a there's an incentive to go out and maybe do a little work to connect with your folks on LinkedIn or Facebook and find out who would be interested. We're producing with two TEDx talks. There's an easily available piece of content that you can forward to others to say, take a look at this. See if the yes. research makes sense. Because I've yet to find somebody who didn't say, why did I think about that? That is so cool. Well, I like the science and the wag of the dog. Do you have a dog now yourself? I have three dogs. One is actually with me in the room here sleeping right now. Luckily, she's not laying on her back. Otherwise, you could hear her snoring because she snores like a sailor when she's laying on her back. <laughs> so uh, they're listening. So this is your chance, doggy dad. What's the name of your dogs? What kind do you have? So I have Rosie with me in the office. She is an almost nine-year-old pit bull. She's a rescue. Okay. Very sad story. I'm not going to go into any details, but she is in rehab with us. Well, she landed the doggy lottery with you. Okay. She is certainly spoiled. She's my office buddy. She's with me all day nice. long. And uh, But I do have, have to keep her separate from my other two because she was misused in a dogfighting ring. And oh, so yeah. these type of instincts are still with her. And um, But I'll walk her twice a day and she's with me all day. One night a week, we spend together in one of our spare bedrooms and spend the night together, just have a, <laughs> have a sleepover. <laughs> Otherwise, she's in a, in a crate overnight. Well, you're doing a good thing, giving her a good life with a crappy beginning because you know what it was like to have a crappy burn. So yeah, you bonded yeah. on that. How about the other two? We have uh, English Foxhound. His name is Zach. He is seven and almost, well, almost eight. He's also out of the shelter. He is deadly afraid of trash bags and trash pickup trucks. Oh. Makes you wonder what he experienced in his first six months. We got him at six months old. I went to the I went to the local yeah. shelter and says, I don't care what breed, I don't care what size, give me the dog that has been with you the longest. And they walked out with him. And so we took him home. He is 
scared still, but he has a very good life. And, and he is his, his main role with, with us as a family is to protect us against the big brown trucks that have the three letter <laughs> signage, U, starting with a U and ending with PS. That driving into the subdivision every three to four times a day. You go, Zach. And, <laughs> and how about your uh, final doggy? He's a, I would say a lap, a skinny lap is probably the best way to describe it. So he's a, okay. he's black and white. Um, he's probably a hound lap mix or something like this. His name is Knox, and um, he is probably one of the fastest dogs I've ever seen. He can run like nothing. He's also a shelter dog that we picked up uh, from a rescue actually when he was two and a half years old. And so those are the three. And you got a terrific trio, and I love that you picked with a purpose and gave them a second chance at life. Because I got to tell you, with COVID and everything else, my dogs are therapy dogs. I have a cat that's a therapy cat, and it is amazing to see the power of paw. And that's just them being into a memory care center or some of the other places I go. But you're stepping it up because there's more great artwork of dogs that do better than just hang on a wall. And that's kind of the purpose, your mission, right? It is. And if you think about it, Arden, if you have a therapy dog, as you have one and one in training, if you go out to hospital, how much time can you spend with one patient? Right. Five, 10, 15 minutes, maybe. And that might be it for them for two or three days, depending on the location right. and, and the availability of therapy dogs. Pictures of dogs in patient rooms uh, they are 24-7. They can even good. be there when dogs cannot be there. And as you probably remember, at the beginning of the pandemic, most medical settings did not allow therapy dogs to go back. And so you have something you can look at. You can create a variety in the common places and the, and the patient rooms. I think there is a lot of opportunity to enhance upon what therapy dogs do, especially since there is a clear shortage of therapy dogs in the United States. Not sure if you've seen the numbers, but 36.2 million patients in 2020. Wow. And only just about over 50,000 therapy dogs for those 36.2 million patients. Exactly. Exactly. And that's not even counting people in memory care centers and, no, and other no, places awesome. that really, wow. I... I salute you. I give you a big pause up, Michael. We're talking to Michael Puck. I want you to please go to globaldogart.com and check out caninephoto.org. What you're doing is changing lives and improving us. And I really, I'm so honored that you could be a guest on our show today. It, Arne, it was my great pleasure. If I may say one other thing, I also, sure. I'm an artist by nature. So photography is the channel that I'm using, but I'm also offering free wall art design. So if there's somebody out oh. there listening and says, I would love to have a picture of my of dogs oh, cool. on my wall, they just need yeah. to take a picture of their wall, send it to me, and I'll create a design that purpose purposely designed for the environment in which it's presented so yeah i think there's nice. lots of opportunity and maybe one other closing quick statement every dog has the ability to be a therapy dog because being certified as a therapy dog only means that you save around patients because that's what the certification is all about but every right. single dog has the ability to help people feel better and recover more quickly Yes, I like that broad definition for sure. Hey, I'm so glad you could be on the show. Please, guys, he's doing great work, and it's documented. 
because that was his word. I had to get it in one more time. I also want to do a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound. He is the executive producer of Pet Life Radio, largest radio network on the planet. And humbly, our show, Oh Behave, is the longest running continuous pet podcast on the air since 07. What do you think of that, Michael? We've been on when we had to use Skype. You know? That is absolutely amazing. But Arden, just listening to you, you're a pro. I mean, this is amazing the way you present. Well, it's coming from my dog heart. How's that? Perfect. Perfect. That's what's important. And everybody, until next time, please check out ArdenMoore.com. Get on my YouTube channel. I got to get to a thousand. Arden Moore. Easy, easy. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.